Greetings and welcome back to another ongoing series of Shurim Adaf Yomi. My name is Yitzchak Shalom. We're now on Masachet Shabbat, Nun Dalad Amur Aleph. We're about to take a look at the third Mishnah of this, the fifth parak. We mentioned different items that animals are allowed to be carrying. And now, Vama Inayotza, Mishnah right in the middle of the Amur. Leitzei Gamab Tutela, a camel cannot go out with a saddle blanket. Uh, we'll see a condition on that. Lo akud velo agul. We'll see what those mean, but those are different forms of having legs tied together. Mechen sharkol aremot. That applies to all animals. Lo ikshor gemalim zevazavim. You can't tie a bunch of camels together and then pull the whole group. Menachis chavalim l'tochiyatovim shoch. But you could take a rope from each camel into your hand and pull them. Meaning they can't be strung together, but you could pull a bunch of them at once. Rach lo ikroch. As long as you don't wrap the ropes around each other. All right. So now let's see what all this means. So the saddle blanket that a camel is not allowed to wear is one that's tied to its tail. But if it's tied to its hump as well, then it's okay. If it's tied to uh, part of the uh, animal that it, was, it gave birth and part of the afterbirth is still there, the issue is that it's so painful for the animal to touch that that it's not going to knock it off. He's not going to want to go there. Okay, lo akud velo agul. We said in the Mishnah that it can't go out. This applies to other animals also. Akud and agul. So, Amar Rav Yehuda, akud means akedat yan varego ki Yitzchak ben Abraham. So, go back to akedat Yitzchak. And that means that each hand is tied to the foot, meaning the foreleg to the right foreleg to the back leg, uh, right leg, and something on the left. What's ragul? That means to tie one hand to another hand and tie them together so that effectively it's a three-legged animal. The point is that it can't run away. Now, Meitavei, watch this challenge. Akud is shtei adayim shtei raglayim. It means all four together. Ragul is what we said. So Rabbi Yehuda's interpretation of Akud seems to be at odds with this definition in the Brayta. The answer is Hudamar Kehaitana. Rav Yehuda was following a different Brayta. The Tanya Akud means Akidat Yad Varegel. That's like Yitzchak. Oshteyat Avishteragvayim. All four together. And Ragul Shleichufiyadu Agavezra Ovik Shor. That we're all clear on. And Vachatelo Dami. Rav Yehuda is still not okay because Rav Yehuda only listed Yad Varegel Ki Yitzchak Ben Avraham. So Bishlama Reish Vasei Fanecha. So Rav Yehuda's definitions fit the first example in the Brayta and the explanation for Ragul. It's the Atakasha, but his middle, the middle part of the Brayta doesn't fit Rav Yehuda. The answer is Elhuda Ma'ki Haytam. There's yet another Brayta. Akud is Akedat Yad Vagul Tzak Ben Avraham Magul Shalachuv Yad Vagul Beizra Ovik Shor. So there's another Brayta that gave exactly the definition Rav Yehuda provided. Essentially, it was quoted in the Brayta, and the other Brayta, which offered two possible meanings for Akud, both of which are prohibited, was not the one that Rav Yehuda favored. Okay, Velo Shor Gamalim. My time on Riyashim Shum Mechzikimag Azal Lachinya. The reason you can't tie camels together in a chain is because it looks like you're taking them to marketplace, either to sell them or to use them for uh, for uh, shipping or something business that you're doing. Ava machnis, you're allowed to take the different ropes and hold them in your hand. He said that the uh, the prohibition, the concern about wrapping them, is an issue of kilaim. Now, kilaim is something that affects really many different areas of of life. Kilaim affects uh, uh, planting things together and grafting trees together and planting in a vineyard and it involves mating different kind of animals together and it involves working different kind of animals together and of course it involves wool and linen together. So now kilaim demai, which kilaim? Even a kilaim dadam, if the prohibition is that the person cannot be 
growing with an animal, just like two, two different animals can't be more forced to plow together or work together, and the idea is that if you wrap the ropes around your hand, then you're sort of working with the animal. But no, the Mishnah Kilaim says, Adam Mutarim Kulam Yeah, a person can work with animals. It's only two different kinds of animals that you can't match. Ela Kilaim de Chavalim. The problem is the ropes might be wool and linen, you're putting it together. But the Mishnah Kilaim also says that if you t- put one stitch in, that's not a chibur. That's not called shatnas. So therefore, if you just wrap them around your hand, it's certainly not shatnas, even if one is wool, one is linen. So the olam, kilaim de chabalim, the answer is it really is about shatnas. In other words, you can't tie them and wrap them and then tie them, because that's more than one tefach. Shmuel has another condition, which is it can't leave more than a tefach out of your hand, meaning you have to have the end of the rope. Ah, but in Shmuel's Beit Midrash, they said it's Fachayim, which is more liberal. So we see that the official teaching in Shmuel's house was Fachayim, but Shmuel himself said Tefach. Shmuel must be teaching us the practical thing, which is in practice you have to be more stringent and make sure that not even a Tefach is coming out of uh, of the uh, of your hand so that it's really ending in your hand that says you have to lift it a tefach off the ground that's not talking about the the rope that comes out of your hand that's talking about the rope uh, that be- between you and the camel um, and that you have to make sure that that does not uh, not hit the ground Okay, the last mission on the parak. Again, which are things that are prohibited. We already saw this dealt with. A donkey cannot go out with a saddle blanket if it's not tied on. He can't go out with a bell, even though the bell is jammed up so that it can't make any noise. The, the, the uh, clapper is held in place. It's some sort of a thing they would put on the neck that he had a wound to keep him scratching his own neck. And not with a strip on its leg. We'll see what that's about. Chickens cannot go out with strings. We'll see what that's about. Or a strip of material on their legs either. Rams cannot go out with this little wagon they would put under the tail. Again, we'll see what all that's about. Ewes cannot go out. We'll see various different opinions about what that means. And again, this will be explained in the Gemara. A calf cannot go out with a gimon. Nor a cow with the skin of a kupar is a kind of a sheretz. And we'll see what that's about again. And it would not go, it cannot go out, a cow cannot go out with a strip of material between its horns, which of course is an issue, it seems, of aesthetics of, 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 of adornment. However, the parak ends with this odd comment. Rabbalazimanazariah's cow, implying that he only has one, actually went out on Shabbat that way. were opposed to it. Why we told this story, because there's actually a far larger lesson which is going to then take us to the Sudya, which will carry us through to the end of the Perak, uh, chiefly in Agadah. Alright, let's go back to the Mishnah. We said that the Chamor cannot go out with a saddle blanket if it's not tied on. My Tama Kedamran. We've already explained that earlier in the Perak. Why? Why can it not go out with a bell, even though the bell is jammed up so that there's no way for the ringer to clap or to ring? Like we had before with the camels, it looks like you're going to marketplace. So it's a thing that we put on the, on the cheek, 
to protect the animal from scratching itself. So why do they do it there? If it has a wound, they won't scratch it, uh, and that's why they put it there. But they're not allowed to carry that on Shabbat. Strip there to Alright, they put this um, this uh, strip of material on uh, on the leg. Um, for uh, for an animal that maybe has steps that are too big, and so they're doing it to shorten its steps, or in some way to correct the way that it walks. It's a corrective device. Why do chickens have strings on their feet that they're not allowed to carry on Shabbat? It's an ID piece. That, so you won't switch one chicken for another. You know who's who. Why do they put a strip on the legs of the chicken? To lower the leg, he a leap of money so the chicken doesn't break things. Kind of softens the chicken's blow. The rams have this little wagon thing under their tail. Because the tail shouldn't get hurt on, on, uh, on things on the ground. Kind of protects it. So that's not a lot to do. We said the ewes cannot go out. So what is Chanunot? So the student stood in front of Rachista, sat in front of Rachista, and said, and explained what it is. The minute that they, that they um, shear the sheep, they put some oil on it, uh, and, and they put, uh, uh, because they want to keep it warm. And then they put it on its forehead. So the animal shouldn't get too cold when it's been shorn. turned to the student and said, You've turned this little poor animal into the Reish Galuta. What's the luxurious treatment for animals? So another student came to Rav Chista. He said, When the animal gives, goes into birth, into labor, they take two little vials of oil, they put one on its forehead, and one on its womb, so it'll heat up. So Nachman then turned to the student and said, you made it like my wife Yalta, in other words, you're treating this simple animal like a fancy person, who's wealthy, and getting all of this special treatment, that's highly unlikely. So that can't be what the Chanunot is. He said, there's a tree, that they have somewhere in the island countries, and they call it Hanun. They take a little stick of that and they put it into its nose, so that the sheep will sneeze. And all of the little vermin that came from its head that got into its nose will get sneezed out. And so, in other words, it's a it's a uh, provoker for it to sneeze, and that's what this Hanun is. So you can't. You can't go out like that on Shabbat. So why don't they do it for boys? The answer is came out the rams grow each other, so all that stuff comes out of them anyways. But the ewes are more docile, so they need something to activate it. Now Shimon Nazira Amar, fellow we haven't heard from, but Shimon Nazira had a different take. Kisma Duritma, it's a certain kind of stick. Uh, again, it's used for something similar. Now Bishamaduravuna, Ravuna, we understand Hanukatani Khanot, we call it we understand why it's called Khanot because the name of the tree. Our Rabbanan here, Rabbanan means the other three opinions about the oil and the oil and the stick. My Chanot, why, why is it called Chanot? According to each one of those explanations, why would Chanot be the name? Because they're doing something that demonstrates our compassion for the animal and Rachamim Chanun, right? Chanina. So the Mishnah said that the calf cannot go out with a Gimon. My ego, Gimon, what does that mean? Avuna Bar Nira. 
Uh, it means that it has um, uh, a, a little kind of a practice yoke that they put on the animal uh, to get it trained to be carrying a yoke. So now, how do I know that kimon refers to bending over? In the famous passage in Shayat, where he describes the ideal fast, as you think the ideal fast is just bending your head over, is to do justice, etc., to break the fetters, etc. Right? But in that passage, it talks about bending your head over, and it says, so the leeches, they put this, uh, this skin, they sew it on or tie it on over the uh, para, so that the leeches won't be able to get to the para. What's that? Why can it not carry the strip? It should be Ilarav, in the Norb of the Shemer Asur. Remember that Rav and Shmuel had a disagreement about uses that are not just simple Shmirah. Rav said anything that's extra Shmirah is Asur, and Shmuel said, well, that's Mutar, but everybody agrees that Lenoy is Asur. This is just a beautiful occasion of the animal. That is certainly caring. The Mishnah then ended up with this odd comment. He only had one cow. You say his cow went out like this. Every year, would give Maaser of 12,000 calves. That means that every year he had 12,000 new calves being born into his flocks. He was fabulously wealthy. So I could, I could talk about his cows if he only had one. So Tana, lo shaloaita, ela shal shchenatoaita. He had a neighbor, a woman who only had one cow. Tok shalom yichaban decreed al shmo, and since he did not protest and rebuke her and stop her from doing it, it's as if he did the sin. So it's like his cow went out improperly, and that opens the door to this whole discussion. Rav and Rabbi Chanina, Rabbi Yochanan, Rav Chaviva Matnu. Every time you find these four being presented, mechule de seder moed anywhere in seder moed, which includes Shabbat. Okay, Zuga Chalufi Rabbi Yochanan Malu Rabbi Yonatan. Take Rabbi Yochanan out of there. It's a mistake. It should be Rabbi Yonatan. So it's Rav, Rabbi Chanina, Rabbi Yonatan, Rav Chaviva. And these are people who are roughly in the generation after Rabbi. Rabbi Yochanan is a generation later. And what was their teaching? Anybody who has the ability to rebuke the members of his household for their wrong behavior and doesn't do so is held responsible for what they do. That doesn't mean they're not responsible, but he's also responsible. And Sheiro, if he's able to actually rebuke the people of his city and doesn't, he passes on Sheiro, then he is uh, held responsible for that. The whole Olam Kulo, theoretically, if he had somebody who could get up and get the whole world to do the right thing and, uh, and, and refuses to get up and speak, he passes on Olam Kulo, he's responsible for all of those sins. And that's the connection with the story of Rabazan Azariah. Said Reish Galuta really has the opportunity, uh, the ability to really stop every Kolo means all of Am Yisrael. So if you have a king or you have uh, a Reish Galuta, then and who's able to get up and uh, and chastise the people and would actually make a difference and doesn't do so for whatever other concerns, political concerns, shyness, whatever it may be, then he is responsible for their behavior. So God is going to come with the justice against the elders of his people and his ministers. 
So just because the minister said, why do you say the elders said the elders are the good guys? They're the tzaddikim. Sarim, the politicos, okay? God is going to exact punishment from the elders because they did not stop the ministers. in front of his rabbi. A woman came and complained. And Shmuel paid no attention. Don't you accept the Pasuk of Mishlei, Rabbi, that if you turn away your heart from listening, or your ears from listening to the cries of the poor, you will call out and not be answered. It's a very bad thing. He had this little aphorism for, uh, for Rav Yehuda. He called him Shina, uh, that was his nickname for him. He said, I am... Um, I am your Rav, right? And I got burned. Marukva, who is the Reish Galuta, that's Reish the Reishach, said, let him get burned. Meaning, I would prefer to have the cold stuff. Let, let the Reish Galuta handle it. Reish the Reishach, Hamimi. Hayatim Marukva, Beitin, he's the, he's the, Beitin, he's the Reish Galuta. Tichti, Beitin, Mikor, Marukva, Dino, Laboka, Mishpat, Vatsila, Gazul, Miyar, Oshek, Pentecei, Kaish, Hamati, Varav, Vain, Machaber, Nero, Malalehem. In other words, Shmuel's statement was the Reish Galut is responsible for this, and um, and uh, the, therefore the, she should really be crying to him. It's, it's, it's the person who has the the hold over the situation who is really the address to be to be uh, to be gone to. Okay, we'll pause at this point, and we're going to pick it up with more issues of uh, tochacha and rebuke and who's responsible. In the meantime, we should have a wonderful day.